Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to another episode of AMTV Radio. This is the podcast where I'm joined by a very special guest each time and we talk about, well, well, quite frankly, whatever we want to talk about. And my special guest this time is a YouTuber known as Davis, or as I know him here, as Sam. How are you doing, Sam? Hello. Wow, that's a podcast voice. That's a... <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> that's a voice for radio. How do I get me one of them? Oh, God. I, I always joke with people when when people say stuff like that, training as an actor. I'm like, oh, yeah, it cost me 30 grand to say that intro. So, you know, that's <laughs> 30 grand down the drain. But, um... No, I just I I just enjoy doing voices, I guess. <laughs> Brilliant. I think that's but the uh, nicest compliment you can pay someone is uh, complimenting mm. their voice. Well, I like. I was gonna. Well, I was gonna bring something. As well, bring it up now. Uh, like your voice on your videos, I love it because like it's got. It's not just like because I don't know if you uh, script your videos at all, but even <laughs> if you didn't, like it just it just sounds very like. It's, it's engaging and intriguing. Like in some things you say, there's like, you know, an air of mystery about the topic I'm you're a, talking about, ooh, which I'm makes... Coy, I am a coy little boy. Like <laughs> Hashtag coy boy. But um, yeah, I like yeah, it. Nah, so, but um, yeah, nice to have you on the show. Thank you for agreeing to come on. And um, I, I myself, I'm actually quite... Um, I'm Myself, I'm quite new to your channel. I only first came across it um, a few months ago, sort of during the height of the you know the lockdown of everything going on in the world i think it's fair to say we were all watching a lot more youtube but yes. um wonder why wonder why well yeah, wonder why but um i came across one of your uh broke canon videos which we'll talk more about <laughs> as we go on and i just i love the concept man like really i'm all about like uh not just doctor who just like i'm a i'm a big lover of like history or nostalgia and any like oddities like the stuff you discuss on the on the canon like i love that sort of stuff and how how in depth you go so i guess for for anyone who's listening who might not be as familiar with your your channel as I am, do you just want to maybe sort of summarize what you do, the kind of work you like to create? Okay, um, I'm a YouTuber. I'm one of the old boys, not in age, as in I've been here since the beginning <laughs> of the site. Oh, um, we're talking 2005, 2006. Yeah, 2005. Ooh, Big man. time. Been a lot of different things, <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah I found myself. I've always been ping-ponging out of Doctor Who in a way. I've, my love's always been there, but in how actually engaged I am fandom-wise, I found mm. myself in 2017 out of nowhere being like, okay, yeah, video series. I'm, I'm going to do a retrospective, in-depth video on every single Doctor and their tenure. And mm. uh, yeah, I just wrapped that up in lockdown with old Hartnell. You did. Yeah. I love that as well that you went backwards rather than like, oh, yeah, the standard. Massively going forward well it's something again it's something different isn't it because i think we're all used to the and i'm not bashing anyone like there are some great um who retrospectives out there but i just like that yours was different that you went backwards i was like yeah i want to go i want to go backwards and stuff have but, you um... tried the same thing but in reverse <laughs> that's all i really brought to the table it's really a lot of weird contrarian hot takes and grasping at straws in terms of characterization those are my focuses but um, there's a lot to grapple with. They're so fun. And no. it sent me on a treasure hunt of uh, filling in all the gaps of my childhood classic series library. So mm, absolutely. I, was, I was watching uh, The Nightmare of Edens and The, the Inferno. Oh, yes. I had never seen... Well, actually, name a popular story other than Genesis. Ooh. I probably hadn't seen the big ones. <laughs> I love how people say other than Genesis. That's like yeah. the de facto like classic, <laughs> of course, classic of story. Like, um, if you name three really big ones, I'm telling you, I didn't watch an un I didn't watch an unearthly child. 
I, I wanted that to be the last I wanted that to be the last one of my journey so I really nice. am talking about the Doctor character in reverse for me as well which is very strange and very silly no I like that though like because obviously like when when I think you're introduced to classic Kula I mean mine was my first ever experience was with the revival you know the Eccleston stuff yeah. and then mm-hmm. by the end mm-hmm. of that when he turned into David Tennant you know little nine-year-old me was like wait who's this guy and then my dad who obviously watched the show like back in the day said oh yeah this is this has happened several times and I was like whatever do you mean <laughs> and nah, then he nah, was nah. I'm not having this I'm not having this that was me yeah. as a kid, no way but, uh, I w- <laughs> that sounds cool though going backwards I mean granted when I started in 2005 there was you know classic who wasn't as accessible to watch and uh, as it is now i think you know you had the oh, dvds no. and stuff but i if mean you had a box a VHS. Set, yeah if you had a vhs or a box set you hung on to that like i'm looking at my child of a time lord dvd set there's not one good story on that but i love it dearly oh i i love mind warp myself is that not a that, that segment not a favorite of yours man i don't Every single chat I've had with a Hoovian this week has somehow went back to Mind Warp. <laughs> Am I bringing it up? Is it, it's all is about it, Mind Warp. <laughs> is that a constant? Is everyone just thinking about Seal? Maybe. Uh, yeah, they're all they're all watchable. I like them a lot. I'm going to be editing yeah. with it soon. I, I do oh, also nice. do I do anime mashups, which are terrible, but they're really good for practicing editing. I've mm-hmm. taught myself the Adobe Suite just doing these little mashups. Oh, so you're somehow, one of few. <laughs> oh, it's not fun. I've got to find the emotional core of Trial of a Time Lord. That's my task <laughs> this week, and I honestly, I don't know if I'm up to it. Like, I turned Series 4, I turned The Stolen Earth into an Attack on Titan war epic. I like, like it. So melodramatic. Um, <laughs> I'm doing one with the Pons, you know, like Series 7A, where nice. I'm just going to make it like some chill hangout sort of song. Mm-hmm. And Let's face this... it, the, the emotional mm-hmm. heart of Trial of a Time Lord is the fact that, uh, uh, what's his name, Kiev, the other mentor that's not Syl, just has a poorly head. That's the emotional <laughs> heart of Trial of a... Because I think every scene he's in, he's literally going, ah, my head hurts. And Someone get I know this it... guy's treatment, damn. <laughs> just, sh- just shave Perry's head already, do you know what I mean? Like, we don't need three episodes. Of... I will give you that. Like, there are moments of mind warp where, because I rewatched it when the Blu-ray set came out. And I was like, I still love it. You know, I love the atmosphere, the music and whatnot. But this could have even been like, you know, two episodes. You know what I mean? It didn't It didn't need to be four. It was kind of a bit scooched out over four, in my opinion. But, you know. I, I, I hope the mentor just gets his treatment. I hope it goes well for him, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, after, <laughs> I mean, oh, they, I don't know. Like, you know, because obviously in that moment, you know, Ikanos comes in and he does his slow motion scream and everything goes white and stuff and i know the timeline's like yeah we we took care of that we sorted that out but they never say like because obviously kiev is now in perry's body like did did they just reverse that is kiev dead is do you know what i mean did they ever explain that yeah here's the thing with the broke cannon um oh god it's it's more a burden really is that i do know the answer to that but i really just don't (laughs) even want to i don't want to enter into your life i could give you the long (laughs) answer or the short answer and both are miserable so just trust me when I say it's part of Big Finish's ongoing quest to make sure that every companion who has died in the classic series actually did not die and had a oh, very yes. happy ending. <laughs> so, ooh, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, props to Big Finish. Like, I think as I've discussed with you on Twitter prior to doing this, like, I'm only just starting to really 
I guess, explore the range. Like I've, I've heard, I'd heard a few things before, like I'd listened to Jubilee and I'd listened to the very first one, which I had on CD, but I, it was actually your video that alerted me that the first 50 main entries are on Spotify where you can listen to oh. them for free. Imagine so my joy the day I find that. <laughs> That's Oh, that, man. That one fact is probably the reason I'm, I went hard back into Doctor Who massively. Really? Because uh, I definitely bought a lot of the big finishes as a kid, but... Um, hmm. This ten-year-old for his birthday asking for Zagreus, <laughs> it's not going to end well. That's not. That's a bad combination. Oh, so I, I can't. Really I, I can't wait to enter into Zagreus. I know you mentioned in a, your video, and actually to me directly on Twitter of all the best to listen to the Charlie arc and get through that. <laughs> but just, yeah. but just how it's been like built up both by like yourself and I've read you know articles and stuff like I'm just really curious like I just want to listen to Zagreus it's one of the but... few stories that is not over mythologized in terms of fan reaction it is mm. that mental I'd like to know in your head what is Zagreus like you look at that cover is... and the height uh... what do you think that story <laughs> is tell me <laughs> a clusterfuck <laughs> like specifically um what do you think the deal is is the Zagreus cover the one where it's McGann at the top and then McCoy, Davison and Baker like underneath him picture-wise? Yeah, yeah, doing the Dimensions um, in Time thing, bobbing heads. The, oh yes, bobbing heads. P- was it pickled in time like gherkins in a jar? <laughs> Something like that. It's a great line. But, um, it's a great line. Great, it's a great line. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I look at it and I, I remember actually seeing it when it, um, I think, first came out. I saw, you know, the page of Doctor Who magazine and stuff. And as I did with any multi-Doctor story as a kid... I I don't know where this thing came from. Before I saw any multi, multi-Doctor story, I instantly assumed if there was a multi-Doctor story, it had to have either Daleks or Cybermen in it. Like, that's, you know, that's oh, just and, a given. And Titan Comics and Big Finish will have you believe that. So it's not, <laughs> oh, that's, not, that's not off. That's not off It's not all. far from the truth. But yeah, I, I don't know. It just, I, I think when I read it, however old I was, I didn't even get the concept of like, you know, the blurb it was trying to say. Yes. And I mean, I didn't really get the Big Finish audios as a kid because like well i didn't have as you do it you don't have much disposable income and to be honest mate back in the day i was hard into collecting Yu-Gi-Oh cards um, so like, yeah. I, w- yeah that's been whoa huh that's been my week i have <laughs> noticed also... on twitter you've pointed out uh, some Yu-Gi-Oh things i won't stop like, talking yeah. about those Yu-Gi-Oh cards oh, I oh mate ba- <sighs> i feel like sometimes i i got it all right as a kid and I've just been like pirouetting back into everything I liked when I was a kid over and over again. It's just going to be this until I die. I'll, I'll dig <laughs> up mean, a Tamagotchi tomorrow. Oh god, I was never allowed a Tamagotchi. I can't. I think I did ask for one, but I. It was probably on the grounds that I'd never be. I'd never come away from it, and that was, you know, in hindsight, that was that was probably correct. That was the but, design, yeah, yeah. No, but Yu-Gi-Oh, I was into that. Like, uh, I'd say from like 2004 to 2008, like the bulk of my pocket money slash general interests was about Yu-Gi-Oh. And the annoying thing was there'd be like various people at school would like, you know, try and set up tournaments at break time and stuff, but no one knew how to play the fucking game properly. <laughs> Whereas I'd like, I'd like read the rule book, you know, I'd watch the show, even though the show is quite broken with its rules, like hideously broken. But oh, like I'd, I'd studied the rules and I was like, yep, I know how to play this. But no one ever knew how to fucking... And, and you know, like, when you play with someone who clearly doesn't know the rules, and mm-hmm. you're, like, going, right, so if I attack your monster, that means this happens in X, Y, Z. And they go, no, it That's doesn't mean that. And you're, not like, even okay. it, no. <laughs> you're like, one, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> you haven't read the rule book. But yeah, I think that's why I fell out of it in the end, just because like, you know, I had all these cards and aside from like, you know, making odd decks myself and playing with my brother who thankfully like learned how to play properly as well. But aside from that, it was like, 
do you know what I mean? I had no one to play with and I wasn't really doing the tournaments, so I just sort of fell out of it, I guess. Exact same. Uh, from the sounds of it, it sounds like my junior school could wreck your junior school. Oh, uh, you, when, when... If, if you all play properly, mm. you probably could. So. <laughs> How about this? How about this? We used to play on the playground as nine-year-olds, ten-year-olds with mm-hmm. cards bought with our pocket money or presents from parents and we yeah. played with an auntie so oh. if you lost you, you're the kid oh, the, the the shit-nosed kid who took it he is going to be taking your best card we were lethal shit. i think back at how awful that is that's high stakes for like junior school like yeah. losing your most valuable card do you know what i'd probably do i'd like i'd I'd know what my most valuable card was say like a blue eyes white dragon like first edition or something but i'd probably never tell other kids at school i had it do you know what i mean i'd have like another best card that could like be lost i'd, I'd never never in a million years wager like that i don't know but did did you lose any best cards in your time oh, they've mysteriously gone <laughs> a number of them. I have dug them up, and there's some old favourites missing, but that could be anything. Oh, I do remember my worst game. trade. My worst trade. I had... Do you remember there was that PS2 game, Duelist of the Roses? Which yes. was a really, like, fucking weird game when you think about it. Like, let's do the War of the Roses, but Yu-Gi-Oh! And it's like, right, <laughs> yes, I've never, of course. I've never put two and two together and thought, oh, hang on. That's Oddly enough, strange. That's almost as strange as situating a children's trading card inside of uh, Egyptian Egypt. That's a good <laughs> yeah, one, Sam. Exactly. Like ancient evil, evil Egypt with nightmare yeah. verses. That's almost Pretty as much. bizarre. But like that game came out and the three cards with that were the three magnet warriors, Alpha, Beta and uh, Gamma. Oh, throwback. Throwback. I know. And I think back then, at that time, this was like Christmas 2004 or early 2005. At that time, that was the only way in the UK you could get those cards by getting that game. And But, you know, when you're a stupid, like, nine-year-old kid like I was, they were just like, you know, three cards, like, no effect. Trade it for blue attack eyes. Point. Well, it wasn't blue <laughs> eyes. I it. traded it for him. <laughs> uh, I traded the three of them for a black skull dragon, which... That's not time. a bad trade. It's, I mean, well, it's not a bad trade, but then you look back in hindsight, like the two, the two fusion monsters, because isn't it Red Eyes and Summon Skull? Like I'd argue they're better on their own on the field together than a Black Skull Dragon. And also, I always look back and I'm like, why, yeah. why, why did like nine year old me? Because it was it was with an older kid as well. Because we used to have like a place in in our town where they were doing like you know friendly Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments. You know, no aunties or anything like that. And he was an older guy, and he definitely was exploiting a child in that sense. He saw those three Magnet Warriors. He was like, yeah, this dumb little kid will take a a red eye summon skull crossbreed thing. Like, yeah, I'll exploit. And it worked to his credit. Find so. him. Find him. Look him up and find him. He's still got them. I know he does. You could have made bank. You could have made serious bank there, I feel. Like, I know they've been re-released and stuff, but like those versions, because I think they were like secret wear ones, you know, with like, you know, the foil print and stuff like that. Like, yeah, if it came out of a PS2 game, I, I reckon that would... Yeah, I, I don't want to break the bad news to you. That sounds uh, pricey. Don't worry, mate. I've had the bad news break in my own head for several, for several years now, but I actually got rid of all my cards. Like last year, I went to, there was a local car boot sale and I sort of took them on a whim, you know, thinking no one's going to, you know, pick these like random, because I had like folders and tins. I had a lot of it. 
and two people actually took it all. The first one was a guy in his early 20s who was like, oh, Yu-Gi-Oh cards. And he was like, oh, can I buy four tins? And his girlfriend shot him a look of like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> like she couldn't believe it. And then the other was an Italian guy who he asked me what they were. I tried my very best to explain what they were. And he was like, oh, I'll buy, I'll buy it all. Like all in my fault. He gave me Who is quid. this man? Well, uh, well he's... quite. I, I said, oh, is it for you? He went, no, no, it's for my, my children. Something oh, okay. for them to do. And I was like, these kids are going to like wreck those cards within like six months. But they were all, card- you know, I didn't have any attachment to them anymore. Do you know what I mean? I kept my own like personal deck that I used a lot. So I've still got that, in, you know, just in case anyone wants to throw down in the street. Do you know what I mean? Shadow Someone's games. Like, yeah. Shadow, shadow games, games are going to come to my doorstep one day and I'm ready. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I always like playing a burn deck. I don't know about you, like chipping away at your opponents. I know I, people think that kind of deck's really scummy, but I don't nah, give a shit. Everything I do, everything I do are gimmicks. That's the one thing <laughs> in any game I do. I am not cheesing it, but I refuse to play the game properly. Even in, uh, I was playing Overwatch earlier. I'm not shooting oh, people. I... I'm hanging out around the spawn point, distracting people away from the actual goal. It's way yeah. more fun. But that, that is also like, like you said, probably me picking on kids. But so ah, less, well. less of that. Uh, it's such a fun game, Yu-Gi-Oh! Because it's it's 4D chess with a little yeah. bit of role playing in there. Uh, but I feel like <laughs> over the years, because I'm not up to date, I feel like it's very much gone from long-term strategy planning to now it's more like a fighting game it's yeah games will oh. rarely last more than two turns you're racking up combos it's fast paced but also very slow it's so crazy like i, I mean I, what i think another reason what took me out of it was when they kept adding like different types of cards so you know like synchros uh, yeah, and then xyz's yeah. and all that shit and i was like i, I ain't got time for this but then you I do did lose go. Ca- you, st- you stop caring at a point definitely yeah, and also like with the shows, like I love the original series. I've got it all on DVD. Like I love it to pieces. I don't care like how corny the like US that's, dub is or whatever. That's like that that is part of the appeal. That's why I love it. Yeah, absolutely. And to be honest, I actually watched all of GX as well, and I didn't mind GX for the most part, personally. I've heard very good I... things, but uh, yeah, I've got too many things on my plate, TV wise. <laughs> To even not on gx uh, don't don't worry mate uh, the amount of shows like people you know when people just recommend you things on a whim and you add it to like a list and i look at this list and i'm like <laughs> i'm never gonna get through this i'm but, just um, like i'm watching curse of fenric and megalos and they don't know they don't know what i'm talking time. about <laughs> oh yeah megalos oof, oof. Uh, oh yeah I rewatched that on the season 18 Blu-ray and I, in my head, because, you know, like when you go back through the classic stuff, at least for me, like if I'm rewatching them, I'm like, yeah, well, this might be better than I remembered. And Megalos, I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> Just, How crazy. Uh, would it make people, I don't know what the the fan reception on, on Megalos is. If I remade my Tom Baker retrospective and I put Megalos in the top five or the bottom five, would that, would I get people coming at me? But I get people called I Keith slamming my millennial taste. Like you. <laughs> oh, I think it depends. Cause like, um, are you aware of the YouTuber um, Who Chaser? Yes. Yes. yes I, I, was... Oh man. Sorry. Quick tangent. The no, reason shoot. why I'm at my sleepiest, I might be your sleepiest guest, in fact, because I was up <laughs> late all night listening to the previous podcast. Oh, bless you, man. That's so good. I love it. Who Chaser Thank seems you, lovely. Man. He's a great guy, and uh, well, you probably heard then his his favorite like classic season is season eighteen with Megloss in it, and <laughs> I think he was the first person I or first Whovian I chatted with who 
like actively said that was their like favorite of the of like so uh, it was either favorite Tom Baker season or like favorite classic season. But mm. he highly rates it, and I mean the thing about like Meglos being like one of the lowest rated or whatever oddly enough i think because on my channel i'm doing a series at the minute going through the history of doctor who ratings which i mean that's always been like a big niche for me i love like numbers and statistics and things like that so just analyzing like how well the show did how low it did what it all means and i'm quite excited to get to that season because megloss is actually the fourth doctor's lowest rated story on average in terms of viewership and I don't know if you agree, but I feel, you know, those stories that get like, quote unquote, low viewing figures, like, you know, the battlefields and the mm-hmm. and the megalosses by extension. And I think sometimes people just see that low viewing figure and automatically assume it's a bad story because of that. Oh, Do you know what I mean? I've got opinions on this. Would you like to? Hear oh, go them? ahead. Yes, yes, of course. Go ahead. I've got a very, very strong inclination that we are fans, like we're like third generation fans. And we, this show has been over mythologized to such a degree that mm. I do question I've had to question during that big rewatch that I did which ones are the good ones <laughs> and which ones are the bad ones okay I don't know why the hell I was talking about Megalos I have no strong opinions on Megalos <laughs> Wait, oh, I'm so excited for this podcast and I end up talking about Megalos but take Megalos take Megalos take Delta yeah. and the Bannermen these stories which are so amorphous to mm-hmm. a rating they're fine yeah. pieces of television but you wouldn't see any other tv show or any other decade ever tried this kind of gonzo material and uh, i get called a contrarian sometimes on my on my channel because uh i rated robots of death as one of my least favorites the bakery era stuff like that just uh yeah i didn't get it i didn't get much out of it but uh it's examples like that where i think was this just one of the early released ones? Has it just built up a reputation as one of the popular ones? Is yes. it is it uh, Chinese whispers? Mm. Because then I look at Delta and the Bannermen, and I think if you dislike, if you actively dislike Delta and the Bannermen, what are you doing watching classic <laughs> Who? But you know what yeah. I mean. You, do you know what you I know, mean? No, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Ken Dodd, is, Ken yeah. Dodd on his own. That's just... <laughs> it's mental. It is so not good per se, but uh, it, you'd be hard inclined to hate it. And if you're taking it so seriously, where you think you can concrete separate the great ones and the terrible ones, um, I don't know. I think I've got news for you. Like, they're all very oh, strange, disconnected parts of british media which aren't we've displaced them entirely and put new rules on them yeah um, but i don't know it it is odd because like you say like with delta and in fact you could say the vast majority if not all of them are koi era like you say when um when people just look at ratings if you're just going off that yeah it's some of the worst the show's ever had does that mean the mccoy era by comparison is bad as a whole in my opinion no i think some of the best stories not just of uh classic who but in my opinion of all who come from that uh, McCoy era. Like, I know it's it's bashed around a lot. I love the Happiness Patrol. Yeah. I absolutely mm-hmm. adore the Happiness Patrol. But again, I nearly fell victim as a kid. Like, you know, when you're first learning about Classic Who and the only clip on the Doctor Who website is like of the Candyman and yes, he looks a bit, you know, daft and strange or whatever. And people are like, oh, yeah, this was a daft episode, wasn't it? This is where they got Bertie Bassett as a month. Do you know what I mean? And as it's a kid, it's all displaced. Start... It's all out of, yeah, it's all out of work. And we're absorbing 80s fans' opinions probably without realizing it. Yeah, because I'm sure when it broadcast in 88, there were probably some fans who saw the Candyman and thought, oh my God, like compared to whatever they'd had before, they maybe were like, oh, this is a, 
you know, this is a downward spiral. But I, I watched it again during the, the lockdown. And as a story, like some of its moods, its tones, its its messages, I, it's brilliant. It yeah. really is brilliant. So so many McCoy stories, especially, are getting reappraisals. And to me, can can just fandom, can fandom just join and just reappraise everything? Y- that's, yeah. That's my yeah. goal. That's my objective with this, really. <laughs> like, I do separate... It's ironic because I actually do separate my least favorite stories from my most favorite stories, but uh, I never really found out what my criteria was. And, yeah, uh, that that was the big takeaway. I took. What's mm. the web planet to a modern day viewer? <laughs> you know, because you, uh... you can't you can't rate it in terms of modern television. <laughs> what is the web not. planet? It's it's mania. I th- but um... <laughs> I think my consensus on the web planet, because I talked about it in my in my rating series, like yeah, like it's actually the highest rated Hartnell era story. Like we're talking averages of like oh, yeah, twelve and it. thirteen million. At the yeah. time, they loved it. And they never saw anything like it ever again because nothing. But I like think it that's it, isn't it? Yeah. I think I mentioned like, oh yeah, you watch it now, and like people might think it's a bit clunky, and maybe it's like two or three episodes too long. I didn't but I finish finished it. By... Well, well, there you go, you see. So, but I think it's like you say, put yourself back in someone who watched it in 1965, and yeah, you'd probably be hooked because you're like, what, what, what is this strange Vaseline-smeared camera planet with giant ants and <laughs> and butterfly? Do you know what I mean? So I think it's that you, you have to, you have to watch it with that sense of. Yeah. What if I was watching this back in the sick? Because I've shown friends classic who, you know, people who only know the modern stuff. And I'm not I'm not forcing it upon them. But I'm like, just so you're aware, you know, there's a lot of stuff that came before. Let's try and watch some of it. And I try and pick some of the more, you know, accessible stuff. Like my ex-partner, I showed her Tomb of the Cybermen. Because I think that's a great jumping on point, yes. in my opinion, yes. for classic who. And she watched all four episodes and she was like, yeah, do you know what? That was pretty good. And I, I was like, Yes! I just yes! realised I, I sh- the first one that my partner saw. I mean, we were watching the Capaldi years at the time. The first classic one she saw, ironically, was probably Mind Warp. Uh, <laughs> Either that, so no, it was the part Vervoids. Of a segment of an overall story. It was the Vervoids. <laughs> it was the Vervoids, and she liked the coat, which is how I knew. Oh yeah, that's a winner. That's a winner. Right that's there. a winner. Absolutely. Thank you Big for not. Dis- thank you for not disregarding my mostly bad very strange uh 80s show thank you it goes a long way <laughs> i mean if she likes the coat then i mean that's a that's a huge leap in my opinion that's that's part of the that's part of the battle but speaking of six's time hot take in my opinion the twin dilemma is not the worst story ever oh no no there's worse absolutely it, it's, not. it's up there i think it it's a dangerous it was, it was a risky episode but there is mm-hmm. worse i think yeah if Sorry, I I think very much that it's a it's a very dangerous statement to it, it's it's all bold and gutsy what you're trying to do, but when you leave mm. the final, you don't stick the landing, and the final line is "I'm the Doctor, whether you like it or not," and his face yeah. fills the frame. It's like, yeah. oh no, that's yeah. very um, very alienating. Yeah, and I mean, has Colin Baker said that himself, hasn't he, in interviews? Like, oh, that was the impression viewers were stuck with for like nine months before he came back on the screen. So yeah, I get what you mean. Like, general appreciate viewers, the risks. It, it didn't deserve the benefit of the doubt from general viewers, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. But the but story, it, I, I... Yeah, who cares about the plot? Yeah, it's probably fine. <laughs> I'll read oh, yeah, it as those... a Target novel and I'll be like, yeah, sure. The Target novel, actually, because I read the start of this year, I was like, yeah, I'm finally going to start buying and reading the Target novels because most of them are fairly inexpensive to, Mm -hmm. yeah, get your hands on. And I read the Twin Dilemma one and I was like, this is great. Warriors of the Deep is a very good Target novel. 
Yes, great target knock. Much better than the well than what we got, quite frankly. But um, of course, okay. we don't. So we, many we don't have them. to speak about Mr. Warriors, the deep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Time and the Rani was another one for me. Ah, target must novel. Must get around. So much better. Like all like the nuances they like sort of you know start going into in the thing, and then they cut them off like as soon as they're mentioned. Like they're explained so much more. It's just a more in depth. But I think that's like a lot of the target ones, isn't it? They're just even more in depth versions of what we got on the telly because there's no budget restrictions anymore. Of course, and Douglas, so. Ad- no, not not Mr. Douglas Adams. He's another dude. And uh, Uncle mm. Dick's lovely, Uncle Dick's lovely prose. Oh yes, doesn't hurt, does it? Uncle the abominable Terry. snowman, uh, the abominable snowman, and Marco Polo. I read yeah. them as novels and Curse of Peladon. I read all three of those as novels first, and I was like, these mm. are some. These are three. We got one, two, and three. These are the greatest stories from all three of these doctors. How the hell will the TV stuff pick up the pace? And they all do, to my knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to take uh, benefit of the doubt. I'll have to take your word for it. But in, in Marco Polo and Abominable Snowman's cases, they'd have to be quite good. Well, like, you'd hope just, so, wouldn't you? So. <laughs> how could they not be, being that bold and gutsy? Like, I've seen telesnaps and I've seen what the plot is doing. It's like, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, su- I suppose we might find out because, I mean, I'm sure you've heard the potential, well, the supposed news that Evil of the Daleks and the Abominable Snowmen are supposedly the next two animation releases that are going to be coming out. <laughs> I was hoping... Are you a fan of... I yeah. was going to say, are you a fan of the animated stuff or... We're going through a bit of a rocky relationship at the minute where I'm a massive <laughs> animation fan and more than anything else, maybe even more so than Who. So the few times animation Doctor Who has intersected... I am all over it. Yeah. Greatest ones are, God, The Invasion, the original animation of The Invasion. It's it's expressionistic, stark, jagged gorgeousness. It's so atmospheric. And Mm. then The Infinite Quest, which is, you know, not as polished, but it was a great starting point for stuff that never really came. That's how I feel about it. Isn't it mad that after The Invasion, they waited a whole seven years before animating another classic story yeah i just find under, that so they went under yeah. bless them and since then they've been slowly declining in quality in my opinion but, uh, uh, was it I, I can't remember if it was yourself or someone else uh tweeted at the time when they oh, when I, they I released like the tweeting. new i do like oh tweeting. i know you do go yeah, and follow go, go and follow sam on twitter guys no I'll leave no that don't go and follow me on twitter <laughs> it's a terrible place especially my one um i think it, well it was either yourself or, or someone in the in the youtube space um when they dropped the new you know the new trailer for fury from the deep and uh, they commented on how everything just looks really flat apparently that's me that's me. oh i just, thought um, it was <laughs> there's no staging to it it's it's like a comic book maker and i hate yeah. saying that because these are the doctor who releases i'm most uh connected to to be honest it's the biggest disappointment than the tv stuff it's kind of hurts to say yeah i think the funniest so far has been you know when they recently re-released power of the daleks but like they updated the animation i don't know if you've seen like the little booklet on the inside of the dvd they basically this is paraphrasing by the way anyone listening i'm not quoting directly but they basically say yeah we know we put summer out in 2016 yeah we kind of rushed it it's a little bit shit isn't it yeah they they literally so they're like, yeah, we wanted to work on it more, but the BBC wanted it for the 50th anniversary of Power of the Daleks, so that's why we put it out. But hey, now we're doing it again, and that'll be oh, £12.99, so please. It's kind you of know, inexcusable so... when you think about it. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's. 
I've gone a bit more vocal in the last year. It's, I mean, I'm talking about a franchise that I love dearly that can do no wrong at the end of the day. But uh, I'm getting much less, uh, getting more resistant to the fact that the fandom can be taken for a ride. Sometimes yes. I feel like there's some very anti-consumer decisions made. Where, um, oh, absolutely. How much can you get away with, with this very... We're a big demographic. We are deceptively big as a fandom, but we are still a niche. And yes. uh, as a result, we sometimes do take what we can get. Yeah, I mean, with the with the Blu-ray sets of the classic series, I remember when they announced that, and at first I was like, no, I'm not doing it. I spent the best part of like nine, ten years getting them all on DVD, and at that time I didn't even have a Blu-ray player. Like, I didn't have a PS4 or anything, so I was like, no, not doing it. And then I got a PS4, and I was like, all right, season 10 had just come out, John Pertwee, I was like, I'll jump on that. And then, I, I mean, I loved it, don't get me wrong, but I'm sort of thinking now in my head, if they try this shit again, like, you know, I don't know, 4K or anything like that, I'm not going to do it because I feel now with the content, you know, the extra content on the Blu-ray as well as the DVD stuff, it's like, what more can you possibly give us in in uh, bonus features that we don't already have, if that makes sense? Do you know what I mean? Are, so if they're like, you can only stretch 70s TV so far. Very, yeah, and yeah. I mean, I do love, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm really thankful I do love it, but some of the uh, special features uh, one's not springing to mind which is annoying but you know what i mean some of those like smaller special features they put on there which you can tell they just sort of threw on just because it has a vague connection to the story or the season and they need to fill out the disc sort of thing it's like we're really like pushing it now it, it's what like I mean? what it's i'm like... saying it's all these stories are so over mythologized just decades of decades of the eye patch story and uh <laughs> and uh yeah you know what i mean it's that stuff we've we've inherited doctor who fandom and I, I'm very, very strong on that point. I think it's no, really interesting. That's fair enough. I no, do. it is. I mean, yeah. what I, I mean again on the interesting side, ju we'll just talk a bit about it. Uh, as I mentioned before, you do a series called Broke Cannon, which yes. is looking at all like the. Yes, I agree. That does exist. Oh, <laughs> uh, it does. It does exist, and it's very good for um, now. For oh, dun dun dun. For now, but um. For what what was what was your sort of I guess inspiration? But like you know, what made you want to be like right? I'm gonna talk about oddities in the in the show now. It was the timeless children. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, everyone's everyone's favorite. We like Woo! saying that on this show it whenever it's mentioned. Every, every episode, like it should. <laughs> we should never let them forget it. But Absolutely I have to not. say, just clarification, I was yep. very much over it by the time that broadcast. I was yeah very yeah. drunk before the 10 minute mark <laughs> and this was a great decision because i was laughing my ass off oh it i was bet brilliant because it, <laughs> it burned up the last of my patients back in spyfall part two that's the one ah. where i am i'm on the record tantrum oh dear i was not happy <laughs> i was like oh, well what's the point then what's the point and i, and I do have to that was the alarm bell that series yeah. 12 not only was putting egg on my face for defending this era mm -hmm. but um it also it showed its hand to me right there yeah and, uh, i'm not fussed about the rest but anyway it was more so so when the criticisms come in for and suddenly canon is the word on everyone's mind i'm just uh i've come out of uni with a master's dissertation in fandom studies that was my final year project Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, it very much goes into. I'm not going to bore you. The thing's twenty three thousand words. <laughs> it involves at one point just dissecting canon as a completely vapid and misused internet term. It's not what yeah. the 
like the guy, a, a priest, coined the term talking about the Sherlock Holmes canon. He did that like as a, as a, as a piss take, and yeah. we've completely bought into it since then. So mm-hmm. we're just finding more overly literal ways to talk about something which isn't literal one bit. How can we turn Doctor Who into a physical historical science? It's not, and you're going to be disappointed if you, if you, if you really take the timeless child revelation to heart. That was my yeah. takeaway, and uh, the reality is this has happened before. Uh, yeah, so many people have tried this before. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. It is just one yeah. take of many. Yeah, I think that was what, I mean, it, the whole thing with the Timeless Children, I won't dwell on it, because I know regular listeners have, I, I've talked about it a lot. But, it's dribble, like, it is dribble, but uh, it is, yeah, yeah we've, we've both talked about it before, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, my view was like, you know, I wasn't angry or upset or anything, I, I appreciate they took a risk, did it pay off, maybe not, but, you know, they tried something different, I'm like, you know what, fair play, I still had a bit of, I still had my fun, etc. But, um, yeah, like, the thing is... Uh, but what I liked about your series about broke canon is, like you say, there's there's numerous points within the, if you like, the canon of the show that is, you know, well, as you say, broke. You know, there's, exactly. they're all there's examples. Random... They're all examples that, like, it's fine. We don't have to take it seriously. Uh, human nature happened twice to the Doctor. Yeah. So <laughs> exactly, yeah. how how yeah. literal do we want to be? And I know people have their answers. And canon is fun. It is fun. I'm not saying dismiss it outright. I'm just remember that it is amorphous. And we are twisting its usage. So, um, and also at the end of the day, like when you get down to the bare bones, like this, you know, it's a TV show. That yeah, I'm not, I'm yes. not saying anyone's opinions devalued or anything like that. But I've had that argument used on me, like when I've tried to defend my opinions, and they're going, "Oh, like you're you're not listening to our opinions on why this show's awful now. It's just a, it's just a TV show. Why are you taking it?" But then these are the same people. I'm like, you're literally complaining that they're doing something new in a fictional story do you know what i mean it's like it's it's just just just, yeah just let stories be stories and um i just wish there was a showrunner like the last two who (laughs) understood that himself but that's uh, that's a big finish big finish Uh, uh, they they love stories they absolutely love stories they do yeah stories you'd never even think of telling (laughs) you've got to give it to them they love the stories that they do and so do i I I must admit, some box sets they release, I'm like, do they do... Because one that confused... Again, not knocking bit finish, they do great work. But you know when they announced like, the, the Winston Churchill box set <laughs> uh, with Ian McNeese? I, I was like, yeah, it's neat, but why? They just <laughs> wanted to hang out with Ian McNeese for a day. That's, yeah, that I really mean... is it. Same reason PC Andy's in Torchwood. and <laughs> You know what I mean. And meeting the Eighth Doctor, it's, it's great. It's just a silly little toy box. It's, it's top yeah. stuff. Top stuff. Is there any of the? Because of course you said you've re, you've gone you've gone quite hard on the big finish range from time to time. You've dipped in and out. Is there any particular series, whether that's like the main range or a spin-off range, that you would recommend to any listeners who are listening who maybe have never listened to a big finish before? Oh, so many, so many. I've got a video <laughs> on the topic which presents my you favorite do, yes. and a bunch of beginner points. But the short version is Davros. The Colin Baker mm-hmm. story, Davros, fantastic entry point, a masterpiece in its own right. No prerequisite required. God, listen to me. It's like I've done this recommendation 500 <laughs> times. It's so Just good. a disclaimer, guys. I will put that link to that video either on screen or in the description because it is a very 
comprehensive video if you like if you want to get into big finish because i think and i think you mentioned it as well i think for for some fans who who discover big finish just because at this point they've released so much and like so many series and spin yeah it's intimidating Mm. you know like where do you uh, you know you think oh start at number one the sirens of time but then you're like oh but then there's this (laughs) i hope you're very patient (laughs) oh christ yeah i know i mean i'll listen to the 50 that are on spotify like i'm going through the the Dalek Empire series at the minute. So yeah, I've done the gen- uh, the it's... genocide machine, which was I thought was all right. Going through the apocalypse element at the minute, but um, I did actually listen to Spare Parts, mm. which gets a lot of well, I think you know, pray you see it get a lot of praise, don't you? For like being oh, it's a great Cyberman story because it's like for anyone who doesn't know, without spoiling all of it, like it's basically a an attempt at a Cyberman origin story, like mm. what well, one of many that we've had by this point. Exactly but yeah, as, as an audio form, like, because uh, having trained as an actor, like it's hard to sometimes separate when I'm watching TV or listening to audio drama, you know, when you have like your actor's head on, like you're analyzing like choices and all that sort of stuff. But as an audio drama, from an acting perspective, I really enjoyed Spare Parts. I thought it was quite stellar, actually. Like, yeah, so... it's, it's very popular. It's got a good reputation. Um, there's other ones I'd prefer to it but that's me mr contrarian again uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's um, th- there's a handful of stories that spark joy like the the hard 10 out of 10s and it's just outside of that bracket you know that's yeah me. yeah there's um but then again nah. i'm very biased because the way i listen to big finish is very anecdotal um mm-hmm. co- like uh long car trips when you know when you like you know you've got a brain melting big finish story with you that you can just get orally lost in uh like uh like zagreus uh, only the monstrous <laughs> that's another good one the middle yeah my god mm. dig up the middle um i won't say how it's relevant to our current predicament as a nation but Ooh. uh this best <clears throat> sixth doctor story i've ever seen or heard oh wow okay it's yeah fantastically monstrous demonic so um, <laughs> but uh, hey, yeah. big up the middle big up the middle everyone so. absolutely <laughs> malcolm's there it's great stuff but uh it's just the time and place with Big Finish. I can listen to a bad one, but if I'm in the right frame yeah. of mind, I'm I just I give my all to it. Yeah, but on that point of uh, Big Finish or the if you like the expanded universe of Doctor Who being intimidating, Time Lord Victorious, <laughs> the latest in a, a mind-bending sequence of events. Uh, just uh, I don't know if you I can't remember if you've done a video or if you've mentioned it on Twitter. No, but like, what are your no. no, I'm not so much. What are your like? You're I'm not a, into that sort of thing? I'm in a weird spot because, uh, well, I'm a massive Tenant fan. He's not my number one, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, this is me. It's got a number of my best Doctors of all time in there. And I'm a mm-hmm. massive follower of all the multimedia, all of it. I, yeah. I subscribe to Titan Comics. I, I read every BBC book upon release. I prefer mm-hmm. it to the TV show, the books. But uh, I'm not much of a collector, so I'm not incentivized to... I'm also not angry. Like, I know there's been some politics to it, the whole... And yeah. Again, kind of anti-consumer <laughs> approach they've taken. Maybe I don't know. I don't mind. Yeah. I don't mind. I think it. I think it's half and half, isn't it? Because like the idea of doing a whole sequence over like different mediums, like on paper, is really really cool. Like I like that idea that there's all these different bits and pieces from like say a diehard big finish audio play to like something as mainstream as the the newest annual. But I think that's like synergy. <laughs> that's business. Yeah, synergy. That's... That's good business, but I just think, and I think other YouTubers have talked about this before, but like for some people, I think the whole saga, if you like, will be way out of some people's price range. And I know, like you know, let's face it, there'll be there'll be YouTube series when it's all done. You're like, let's look back at the 
the whole saga. There'll be articles and stuff. But for those who want to experience it, I just think to spread it across as much as they have across all those different mediums, it's just going to... Because isn't there one thing that's like only going to be released on vinyl? There's one thing that's only going to be released on a T-shirt. <laughs> I'm not kidding, and uh, I've told myself, no matter how garish or ugly this t-shirt is, I'm going to buy it, and I'm going to wear it in a video. I will be the cannon man! I'll be wearing it. It's it's got an ood on it, and it glows in the dark, and it reveals reveals information about the arc, I guess. Oh, for God's sake. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's fun stuff. Really innovative yeah, is that again, what, is that it, what we're calling it? <laughs> I can't take it seriously. That's I'm broken when it comes to Who because, apart from that little smidgen of hope I had for Series Eleven, Series Twelve, which still lingers, it does still linger, it perseveres. Uh-huh. I can't yeah. take it seriously when it fails anymore. It's win-win for me now at this point. I that sounds like a blissful spot to be in, though. It's like, not it's just a win for you anyway. No way. <laughs> I don't know how. It's very stressful as well. Hence, broke cannon. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the culmination of one fan's stress <laughs> absolutely i will drive myself mental and uh I've, mm. you know i've got the next 50 of them planned out right i i, I saw you uh you it's, put a tweet out about that and at first i thought you were at first i thought you were at first i thought you were trolling but then i noticed someone like either commented but then you posted a picture of like a, a notebook with all the with, with all the ideas <laughs> no, i'm actually was... just mental for real <laughs> no i like it it's good it's good i mean Definitely i wish i had a series where i could plan out like 50 episodes in one and most of the time when i'm doing like a continuous series i'm scrambling from week to week like one of the more popular ones i do on my channel is called the ident review because i'm not just a i mean mm. i love doctor who and i'm yeah. going more in that direction because i've sort of rediscovered a love for it but i love like tv history and nostalgia and all those quirky little sequences before tv shows with the bbc one globe and all the other channels i love talking about that and I do a well. I I've, I'm on a break in it at the minute, but trying to find like a whole batch of idents on YouTube I can convert and talk about that are interesting every week. My God, like sometimes I was doing it on the day, and it just do you know what I mean? It's like so I envy you that you've got it like all that all planned out. I think that's it's brilliant. very like, optimistic I'm... that people <laughs> <laughs> that people will uh, you know I won't burn up enough good faith by that point. But uh, well, I mean, if the, gim- if, if the gimmick the... could last, it could last. The, the thing is, though, I think I worry as long about as is, uh, sorry, it's just not. It's not just my videos. There's no video voice. I'm this um, scatterbrained and tangential in real life. It makes her a but nightmare pe- to edit. <laughs> mm, but I think people like that in the sense of, again, as I said, the way like you come across in your videos, whether there's like you know any scripting or even if it is just completely scatterbrained off the cuff. You you do it in a you you manage to articulate yourself in a way where I think people become interested in points they might have been aware of but maybe hadn't thought into before. So like you know there was the one where you talked about like how uh, like Patrick Troughton's doctor was shot in the head or like how the doctor the second doctor <laughs> was killed by scarecrows and things like that. Like I was aware of that you know like that last comic strip in the sixties when the scarecrows like take him away or whatever. Like I was always aware of that but I'd never like read into it. And just the through, way you through the frame t- of voice of someone who is very, uh, like uh, I'm, I'm hanging on for my love for it, and uh, I, I'm playing <laughs> up the fact that it's winding me up. When really, this is what I'm in the fra- I'm in this franchise for. Yeah, uh, this is my but I think favorite that's good. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like when I spoke to um, uh, I don't know if you're aware of Josh Snares, another mm-hmm. YouTuber on the site. Um, 
I was chatting with him about because he he loves talking about the missing episodes and like sixties Doctor Who and the making of like specifically. It's very and, gorgeous stuff. Uh, it's very good stuff. Mm, and I talked to him about obviously at that time I hadn't made the first one yet, but I was talking to him. I had you know plans to do the series about the ratings of Doctor Who and the history, and I thought I said to him, "Oh, but you know, surely no one's going to be interested in." you know this because it is quite niche for an already niche thing i was worried about um, that i was worried about that but, at but this one point, thing we're, reassur- we're in so deep you know <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's what he reassured me with though he was like to be honest he said from doing all the missing episode stuff he said if that's taught me anything it's that there will be sections of the fandom who will a have that interest as well but b providing on how you know you make it it will also intrigue new people into it as well because i mean that's essentially what happened with me and broke canon and many thousands of others it seems you know we've you you talk about these points that either people aren't that aware of or people haven't delved into and you do just that and it makes people want to go and search them out like i said i've gotten back into big finish because you've made me aware of all the great tales and that the first 50 are on spotify it's so it, it's i'd say yeah we're never gonna run out of doctor who that's Oh, no. That's what's yeah. keeping me going. <laughs> yeah. I must admit, I, I don't know how many of them you've read. I would, I'm would. i very curious, although strangely they're getting more expensive. I want to check out the new Adventures novels from the 90s. Ooh, I've got the channel for you. P-O-P-A-R-E-N-A. Poparena does these gorgeous Poparena. documentaries uh, going through all of the V&As. From beginning to oh, nice. up to date, because of course they've, they've got this reputation, aren't they? You know, like oh, they're darker, yes. they're grittier, they're edgier. <laughs> they punish and... me every time I try and dive into one. Just very, very <laughs> unwelcoming reads. Yeah, like I mean, I've heard some of them are really good, and some of them are not so good. But no. <laughs> some of them are unnecessarily sexual, should we say? They tr- or, yes, but... they tried some different genres and. We had to learn the hard way the Doctor Who and 80s cyberpunk probably did not go together. Or at least Sylvester yeah. McCoy was not the Doctor for that, <laughs> you know? No, yeah. And you know what? Like like all the others, you know, points for trying. You know, yeah. you got to give them points for oh, trying. Yeah, Doctor like, Who's do- going to be every uh, subgenre of sci-fi eventually. It's going to dip its feet into everything. Absolutely. Um, just just cause it's popped into my head. Um, I don't know if you saw um, Ace Creeper, um, another YouTuber, put on Twitter the other day about like what stories of doctor who the tv stories or, or let's say even an audio drama or a book would you want to see as like a noir style you know like four three ratio black and white 1930s style noir and it that just popped into my head because it, it like off the top of yours and don't worry if if, if nothing comes to mind but oh, is there I've a particular st- oh yeah go for it go for it uh the happiness patrol when it first came out was described as a pink noir and I yes. completely agree. They were, I think that's the one they were debating whether to show it in black and white. They were, yeah. I think on the making of on the DVD, they're like, yeah, <laughs> Logan <we> originally. Noir. <laughs> <laughs> the Happiness Patrol Noir. Love it. It's got a whole other yeah. disc just for the grayscale setting on your TV that you can do yourself. Love it. Innovation. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a. I, I mean, mm. if we're talking like old school here, I'm waiting for the silent episode. I'm waiting for that Ooh. one. I want. I don't Ooh. want Charlie Chaplin. I want Buster Keaton as a Doctor Who villain. Ooh, <laughs> that's a mental, <laughs> stupid idea. But that's 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 my whole. But because uh, it's Doctor Who, it could actually work. It yeah. could actually work. I always wonder why we don't have more historical figures as the no, villain. I... There's an obvious, easy reason, obviously. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, I've I've thought before of having a. Is like a fan's dream. I don't know how it would play out, but I thought about it in Capaldi's time, and it's a shame because he would have been 
the perfect doctor for it. I, I'd love a Doctor Who episode where... He's all where... face. He's all visual. <laughs> He's all visual. I mean, I'd love an episode where it's just all... Like, there's no dialogue. Maybe not in, like, the silent movie style, but just, you know, full colour, widescreen, all that. But there's just... Where it all relies on, like, either visuals or expressions or music. Do you know what I mean? Just Absolutely. with, like, barely let's any... Have another, let's have another sound creature that just eats up all of the, all of the sound out of the planet. Yeah, but like basically... That. Basically, heaven sent, but minus dialogue. Yes, please, like, yes, uh, please. Because I mean, heaven sent. I mean, oh, to, uh, well, well, everyone's praised heaven sent, but I mean, how can you not? I mean, Capaldi. Just for the record, Capaldi's my favorite actor to play the Doctor. Oh, I, I, yeah. I did hear this. You are a Capaldi. You're a twelve fan, right? I'm answer. a huge twelve. I, I mean, is yeah, he he's my favorite one? Doctor as well. Yes, yes. He what? He was. I think for a long time before he came along, it was William Hartnell, funnily enough. And mm. a lot of people are like, what, Hartnell's your favourite? Just because he is so, I mean, he is so wildly different to the rest. And that's what I love about how interesting he was. But after series eight, Capaldi's first, like it was very, you know, he was inching close. I was like, dare I say, after one season, he's my favourite. But then like by the end of series nine, especially Heaven Sent, I was like, yeah. I was like, you're my favorite doctor. And I think he's been, so far at least, the best actor to play the role. Just the way he mm. took it, what he did with it. Even with some of the scripts that maybe weren't the best, he still, he stands out in them. Do you know what I mean? For I, me, I he's like, he very, is the... It's very close corners. That's a, that's a difficult comparison. But uh, he's up there, for sure, with Troughton, mm. maybe yeah. Colin Baker. And uh, absolutely... I mean, I, I've, I've, I've said it. Bef- I've said it before, and you you might have heard it on other on other episodes. But series eight is my favorite series of the the modern era, <sighs> purely yeah. because. Do you know how many people have that opinion? <laughs> it's well, a very to small my number. knowledge. Uh, well, it it is a very small number, but I, I think a lot of it is partly down to how I well first received it at the time, but also I still you know really enjoy it now. But when it first aired, I was eighteen. I was just about to go to university, Same. which is obviously yes, I was in my first year of uni when Kill the Moon dropped, and uh, well, wow. I was as well, so around Beautiful. similar age. But Beautiful. I don't know as you as you know then when you go to uni, you know it's a big time of your life. There's a lot going on in your head. There's a lot of changes and stuff. And for me at that point, Doctor Who, like I loved Matt Smith, but it was all getting a bit too a bit too fairy tale and whimsical for I, me. I heard Not you, you say this absolutely. The word I have for it is twee. It's very yeah, twee series yeah. seven B. You can't have a twee companion and a twee doctor. You need you can't have both. You, well, that's it. And I just think like there's nothing wrong with fairy tale or whimsy in Doctor Who. Not at all. There are some great examples of it. But by like time of the Doctor, especially, I was like, it wasn't. That I was growing out of the show. I just thought this isn't. It's not what I'm after personally, just as a viewer. And then Capaldi came in, and I mean, I thought his his attitude in Series Eight or his portrayal, in my view, was exactly what the show needed at that point. It needed that huge 180, and I know a lot of people didn't like it. And yeah, the Series Eight Twelve is is kind of a dick. But do you know what? I think that's equally a side of the Doctor's character that we don't see often. And I love that the whole first season was sort of exploring that and him challenging himself morally but also seeing how far he could sort of push himself in that degree like i know it you love seems, kill the moon and yeah. i love it as well mm-hmm. like, it seems I, I mean, we had the exact the... same doctor who experience honestly it really did yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> series eight is my there's favorite. someone else there's mm. someone else like... yeah, absolutely <laughs> I, i'm totally there with you i will bat that corner oh yeah. my god 
good. Oh, it's therapeutic to hear that. It really is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just even you know, even stuff like in the forest of the night. You know, is it is it the best episode ever? No, arguably not. But I like him, it. like <laughs> that character and how he interacts with everything else is brilliant. He's both serious and powerful and funny. Like when the kids are in the TARDIS, I'm like howling my ass off just at his face. The doctor's like, he's hanging not even out saying... with, with year fives or whatever. How are you yeah. not invested? That's a beautiful idea for a story. That's fantastic. Exactly. Uh, the reason why Capaldi is the best is because he, he he's cross, but also he and Moffat share the same vision of the series, which is completely that Doctor yeah. Who is a children's character. He's a children's hero. But... Yeah. That doesn't mean that everyone, you know, Moffat's done some of the most challenging stories in the show's history, which uh, mm. I, w- I definitely wasn't ready for at the age of watching, um, just yeah. in terms of how much there is to grapple with even. But uh, yeah, Capaldi's final words are just bliss to me, where he acknowledges, yeah. children can hear your name, etc, etc. Et mm. It's That's perfectly the signing off of a creator and an actor who completely 100% get it. Yeah, absolutely. Like that whole twice upon a time. I think when I first watched it on Christmas Day, like I not embarrassed to say, I think I I cried near oh, the yeah. end because no, I was like I did for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of it my was, favorite stories it, ever made. It's a beautiful send-off and like I remember at the time people were saying, "Oh, well it's it like nothing really happened." Like <laughs> were, but I'm like, "Yeah, but that's kind of Yeah, I'm like, but that's kind of the point like <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They that didn't need to be a big bad or... Um, yeah. Mo- and... Moffat is, faces, gets a lot of flack from people who don't like subversions and they don't like meta-commentaries yeah. on episodes. The meta-commentaries nope. aren't always perfect. I hated um, Let's Kill Hitler and A Good Man Goes to War at the time, even though I saw what they were doing, like questioning a yeah, rape yeah. revenge fantasy. The Doctor doesn't belong there. Or um, no, the no. Do- or we will punish the Doctor for these bizarre decisions he's making, which a casual viewer of Doctor Who would not see as a problem. Stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, lots. I think just I just get the vibe that people don't want to see that in the same way that maybe people weren't into the Last Jedi, moving the series oh. onwards. I don't care what yes. your opinion. I don't care what anyone's opinion on those movies are. I'm past Star Wars, but it's it's an apt comparison. Oh, Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> let it die. Let it, uh, let's it just, move on. It, it just needs a very long rest. I hope so. I just, yeah. I mean, uh, when, you know, when they announced after Force Awakens, like, oh, we're going to do something Star Wars related in the cinemas every year. Like, again, on, like I guess like Time Lord Victorious on paper, that sounds wonderful. But I, in my head, I thought, no, because this is just going to, I mean, yes, for those of us who are, like, you know, really into it or whatever, like, yeah, we'll go and see everything they put out. But for, like, the general public, that fatigue, man, that fatigue's going to set in quick, and it did. I put myself like... on Disney ban for the for the latter half of 2019. I, after, oh, really? After Rise of Skywalker, it's just all dried up. Any fun I could be having from the discourse or these products. I, the Rise of Skywalker is a movie that made me regret the last, what was it? four years of following these films it just made me feel like an idiot for for caring Mm. and um, well i don't know if you saw but um, i mean by the time listeners hear this they'll be like oh this is old news but at the time of recording this i think it was either today or yesterday uh, there was an interview done with daisy ridley who said oh you saw it (laughs) oh god i i would i would buy that blu-ray and never watch the movie if it had actual bonus features like back in the day if it actually went into the production 
not even like it's not a production issue just the whole basis of the production was wrong um, yeah i mean what did she say it was something along the lines of oh they didn't tell me that ray was a palpatine like until after we'd started filming i mean so like they literally she was a prop it's like yeah i, I love marvel movies but the same problems oh, go over too. there the same exact problems where you've got a a lineup of characters with all blank expressions on their faces because they don't know the context of the scene they're doing. They genuinely don't yeah. know what to feel because they haven't worked out what it is yet. It's a very strange yeah, period of filmmaking. Because it's just been handed to them. <laughs> very strange filmmaking we're entering now. Um, yeah. I, I'm kind of on a Disney hiatus. Oh, I was, and then that decision was kind of made for me. But uh, I, I'm in no yeah. rush in giving them more money. They do not need it, and it's they it's, do not. It's I not mean, worth this whole the thing with the it's not worth the stress. There's this whole thing with the new Mulan film, isn't there? Like twenty pounds on Disney Plus, or you could just wait a few months and you'd have to pay me twenty pounds t- to watch that. Uh, well, it, it, I just think it's a shame because with all these live action remakes, I don't know if you've if you've seen some of them, but when when they started with Cinderella, like. I watched that and I was like, okay, not brilliant, but you know, it, it passable. I was like, you know, fair enough. But then as they went on, I, I I just started hating them more and more. Like for me, the Lion King remake is contender for like the worst yeah. idea slash thing ever. And but with Mulan when they announced it and how with that first trailer, you know, it wasn't going to be as much of a musical. It was going to be a bit darker, focus on like the more war aspects. In my head, I was like, okay, you're actually doing something different. Like I'm I'm intrigued, but I'm not going to pay an extra £20 on top of my £6 a month. Subscri- Do you know what I mean? If you're putting it on Disney+, Plus, that's what you should when put no it there for free. There's no competition. No one's going to tell them no because people are going to lap it up. And that's the sad truth well, of it. They, they've they've it, entered well. post-caring. They, they really are there. Because mm. uh, who are the big companies left now? It's Disney, Universal. Um, is Para- Paramount still its own thing? Yeah, but they're, I think? They're, they're, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're, always, they're like a constant... <laughs> Yeah, MGM's hanging like, on just like from United James Bond, and that's about it. Exactly. That, that, yeah. that will be around forever, then, hopefully. God. Yeah. Wow, I said that with a lot of certainty, didn't I? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> now, um, if I The mean, Simpsons has predicted anything, then it will be. Uh, and how are <laughs> they Disney doing these everything. days? How are they doing? <laughs> well, I mean, Disney. Do you know what? With The Simpsons, I've watched like the more recent series, you know, because everyone's like, oh, after season 10, it's pretty much dead. Like, I, I couldn't disagree more. I've, like,. Sure, the early seasons are pro- arguably better, better written, funnier, etc. But the modern seasons aren't bad. I wouldn't call them bad by any stretch. I booted up a few last week, just some random ones, and um, mm. I, I'm not going to voice opinion here or there because again, no, it's shoot, a struggle. Shoot. You know, it's it's hard to take anything that damningly seriously, despite all this cynicism I'm clearly filled with. But uh, yeah, I think classic simpsons was the counterculture and now it really is just the culture it's just yeah uh, and that's why it's not for me anymore but um yeah it's sort of adapted some of the more i guess like family guy south parkish elements of you know as you say they very much adapt and reflect the culture of the time whereas i think i agree it's a good way of putting it in the 90s the simpsons was the opposite of that the simpsons which was great of the 90s was would have parodied and often did parody the Simpsons of today, and that's just uh, that's an unco- uh, an uncomfortable truth, I think. Yeah, absolutely. The focus on um, references is just soul destroying, but uh, I can I can yeah. still get some fun out of it. Easy. I think it's like people with Doctor Who. Like, if people are that precious about like the first ten years of The Simpsons, I'm like, well, just watch the first ten seasons for the rest of your life. Then, do you know what I mean? Yeah. The other stuff's yeah. there. If it's not for you, 
leave it. If Absolutely. Jody's era isn't for you, just leave it. The, the takeaway, the takeaway of all media is, yeah, more power to you. That is it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I'm actually just sitting. Um, I don't know if you've seen on Twitter. I know you say you're not much of a collector, but these. You know these new Dalek toys that are like the movie Daleks, but they're technically not the movie Daleks. They're the yes. Daleks from the chase. Yes. Yeah. I love our character options of just basically giving a middle finger to whoever owns the movie rights to the Daleks. <laughs> but um, I've got these here. Have you seen the two Cushing movies? Yes, I have. Uh, they were childhood yeah. movies. I haven't revisited them apart by I don't have a need to, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. you think you just want them to stay as like childhood things? You don't want to. I don't really view them as. It? I don't view them as Doctor Who. I, I just view them as a yeah. that it fits into that nice neat bracket of a sixties hyper pulp. You know, like a yeah the time machine, the nineteen sixty time machine. It's completely like that. They're they're, they're lovely. Yeah. They're lovely. Yeah, that I mean they're go- I mean gorgeously shot. Peter Cushing is I mean fantastic actor of course and I think they've announced that they're going to come to Britbox soon or maybe by the time this is out they'll be on Britbox. So I guess if anyone's got Britbox, there you go. You've got you've got two Dalek movies. Though I wish I don't know if you know like much of the like history behind them, but they were going to make a third one based the off chase. the chase. And I I wish battling I wish Universal Could Monsters you... Frankenstein are you kidding yep. me? Yes. I mean I love the Get... chase anyway. I've got a 10 minute rant segment on my channel about yeah. the chase so i won't <laughs> I, yeah the chase do you know what the chase like it's just a bit of fun isn't it again, like you can't again imagine yeah. being angry at the chase and then being like yeah. i like classic who you know that's, that's not yeah you i know mean, what i mean by that it, i hope yeah it, it just kicks off with i mean when you're kicking off with them jamming out to the the beatles and ian doing some sort of really strange dance and then like you're on the mary celeste and a dalek falls off the ship for no discernible reason although i have read the target book of the chase and it actually <laughs> explains it it's something to do with the like the because of the daleks weight or something with all of them being there it causes the ship to like you know rock about and because of the sheer force of it causes a dalek to lose control and fall over the edge and whilst it. i read it i was like oh so that's why that dalek in the no, chase seemingly just they falls didn't need, off. they didn't need to explain that did they explain why there's two peter purposes uh Oh, there might be a line at the end where. Oh, is there a line? There might be a line where one of them says, "Oh, you look." This like, sounds. Vaguely... This novel sounds yeah. like a sounds like a cannon plaster. That's what I call. Don't them. hold. Don't <laughs> hold me to that. No, nope, um... is that new new series coming? Everyone, cannon plaster. So. <laughs> <laughs> that that sounds like very much. Here's a story we made, not because of a. You know, we've got an artistic vision. We just want to cover up some uh, some continuity things that we like. Yeah. Otherwise, big finish. We like stories. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but um, I was waiting for that. They, they actually, do it very well. They do it very well. They they the more they in... repair relationships and missing parts of uh, characterization. So I I'm very much there for if they want to actually sit down and have a chat about Adric, you know, because that's oh god, yeah, it, but that's not there in the original. So I I'm I'm welcome no. to Six and Perry being a lovely Tardis team. They and they are yeah in the in the audio. Oh, that not one bad story. If, yeah, if you want to get the big finish, story. dig out anything with Perry and Six in it. Trust me. There you go. Recommendations. But yeah, yeah. no, I, I I, do agree. With the, with the chase, I've just remembered in the novelization, the Morton Dill thing, like I'm pretty sure at the end he gets taken away to like a mental asylum. Oh no. Because, or he's either... Or he's either come out yeah. of he's either come out of one. I'm writing down notes. He's... I'm writing down notes for Broke Kenner. <laughs> uh, honest, honestly, I highly go and read the chase novelization if you can because. It's one of those, like we talked about earlier, it just adds, like, you know, so much more to what we 
already have and if there's any if there's any story that didn't necessarily ask for more but you kind of welcome <laughs> what they give you it's definitely the chase i would have taken but, um, 10 more episodes of the chase i really would have yeah if you just want a straight good book i'm currently halfway through the first part of the daleks master plan book and i am loving it oh great it's so well written so well written and I mean, I've I've heard bits of the audio, you know, of the audio we have of the actual story, so I know bits and pieces. But the way the novel's written, it actually feels like this huge, massive mm, space epic, which yeah. I guess it was at the time. But even as a book, like so, again, and I, if you want just like a good straight read, definitely recommend those. But the target books and um, the target books are odd because some of them are really weirdly overpriced. Like, do you know about the the misconception behind the Wheel in Space book? Yes, passing in passing. But, uh, so it's again, something not, not a collector, so it would never. You know, oh no, no, course, <laughs> it would never course, approach but... me. Well, there's something to do. Like it's the most expensive one, arguably, of like the classic range, not including the ninety stuff. And it goes for between like thirty to sixty quid. And I was like, oh, why, why the wheel in space, surely? And well, there, there were rumors that the, there's articles proposing that at the time there was like a fire at a warehouse, so there was less copies produced. Mm-hmm. But there's actually a, a great PDF anyone can download for free. I'll put a link in called Based on the BBC Television Serial, where a, a, a guy has gone through all the novelizations, you know, documented when they came out, uh, how many copies were printed roughly or like print runs. And they actually say that's a that's a misconception that the wheel in space had just as many printings as, you know, other stories at the time. So I just think that's an example of fandom overinflating things just because it's based game. off a rumor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're all beanie babies. We're onto beanie babies, really. And the, oh, the sooner yeah, we man. admit that to ourselves, uh, <laughs> the, more, <laughs> the better species we can, we we will can be. finally get our Tom Baker Blu-ray. You know, <laughs> I haven't got <laughs> a single one. Have not got a <laughs> single one. Don't your wallet? Your wallet will be thanking you, mate. Yeah, don't you worry. Yeah. So. Uh, you say that. I've got Series Eight on Blu-ray coming in the mail. Series of, ah, Daddy Capaldi uh, gets the Blu-ray treatment and him alone. Yeah, he does. No one is else. it is it is it the standard version or is it that fancy BBC shop version when there was a BBC shop with like the slip cover and Ooh, all that stuff? I'm sweating because again I don't know these things. <laughs> oh, I mean, literally, no, literally, the only the only difference is a slip cover. That's it. There's it no additional very, very features cheap. or discs. That, all I can tell you is that it was exceedingly cheap, and that's uh. That's perfect. See, me. I'm waiting. I've started down the slippery slope of, uh, you know, they're doing the modern series on Steelbook. No, oh, yeah, I heard. I heard. No way. That's, yeah. that's a loser's game, my friend. You're, it, that's, you're not going to no, win that. No, you're, a- you're not going to win. Absolute, <laughs> you're absolutely right. But they've still got Series 7 and 8 to do. And oh. I'm like, Series 8 Steelbook. Like, if you announce that, I'm a, I'm a pre-order it. Fandom a is it, a so. blood sport. I said it. You know what? I just said it. It's come to me. Oh, you've, you've pretty much said what we're all thinking let's face it st- it is a i'm still sport. thinking about dalek master plan as a i imagine that's yeah. a peter cushing movie the dalek master oh, plan. well if they if they'd have got that that would have been like a three-hour yes. intermission in the middle like a ben hersto been... epic yes uh ima- i mean a lot of people say that now it's like even when they listen to like the audio that survives like dalek's master plan even the tv version feels like a movie Oh, just yeah, because it goes so. on for so long it and there's all like these an locations era. and it, it kind of feels like an era because there's so many stories that happen in that gap as well they've crammed so many Sahara kingdom stories oh this yes is a they whole, have it's a whole era of the first doctor there now and i i love stories that last for a long time when the doctor has yeah. to camp down and stays there for months yes please mm-hmm. yes Absolutely. please well 
It's like in season seven with John Pertwee. Everyone's like, oh, they're all seven episodes. It's too long. I love those. They seven are too clinical story. for me a lot of the time. I, I tried. To Do you sit think down, so? Yeah. I tried sitting down with Mind of Evil, and that climax is amazing. It's kind of mm. the apex of the of the whole unit stuff and like their second outing or whatever. But uh, yeah, the rest of it is um, it's it's too Quatermass and too dry sometimes. Yeah, I think, oddly, ironically, I think that's what I like about it. Because I think I remember in your third Doctor retrospective, you were like, a lot of Series 7 or like, particularly the Ambassadors of Death is quite like very much a lot of padding and a lot of this, that and the other. And I agree, it, it, there is a lot of padding, but there's just something about it. Anytime I whack it on, I am, I am, you know, I'll be like, oh, I'll have this on in the background whilst I edit. But I'll always end up watching it and giving it my full attention. I don't know why. There's it's just very something about mesmerizing. It's a mesmerizing one. Yeah. But, uh, There's something the about right that mood. first year, that first John Pertwee year. It's so. It's the closest I'd argue who got to being like just a fully adult drama. Oh yeah. Like it, it no, decided we yeah. want to be a cult. We want to be a cult TV series now, and it's like wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And that's probably why it's still here. Who knows? Yeah. Quite. But um. No, well, I'm aware we're we're over an hour, no! so I'll, I'll probably. I know. <laughs> That's don't so worry. Sad. Don't worry I've, I know, man, but don't worry. I've really enjoyed having you on. Thanks again Absolutely. for coming, and be sure, like, I want to have you back on in the future. We can discuss more canon-based things or broken canon-based things or all that sort of stuff. But I, I mean, you've been a fantastic guest, and again, guys, if you haven't checked out Sam's channel, it just search Davis on YouTube. D A V I S. Go and watch Broke Cannon. Oh, Go and watch all There's a massive his... back catalog. There's a nine-year back catalog. <laughs> Good oh, well, luck. There you go. If you dig, if you dig deep enough, you'll find. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but okay. But, um... Don't just go for the Doctor Who stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like I rank the Doctors by length. Take that where you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I, I can. The Muppets who would I defeat in a one v one street fight? Yeah, all right. But uh, there's some good stuff deep down. All right. <laughs> Absolutely. Check out all that stuff. And also my 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 low key favorite video on your channel. And I'm only going to say the title um, is uh, how how Tory is each doctor. That's my favorite <laughs> video on the channel. It's actually and I won't go into it. Canon. That. <laughs> That's all canon. Canonically correct. Yeah, absolutely. All canon. All canon. But um, now, Sam, thank you so much for coming on to AMTV radio today. Is there before you go, uh, would you like to shout out any of your projects or social media stuff anything like that where people can find you there's nothing in particular um it's just that i've got so many old movie so many old videos backed up that i always would like people to go and check them out broke cannon came mm-hmm. from a uh came from a bunch of stuff it came from half my history of trolling my viewership which i've always done <laughs> and partly i used to do a fan theory series fan theory 101 mm. same exact structure yeah. but for all media you go check them out that they're looking a bit lonely right now and uh yeah there's a Kofi page as well it's like patreon but it's uh pay what you like and uh it's yeah sadly required at this point in time but, ooh, yeah sadly ooh. for a lot of us isn't it With everything. yeah <laughs> it's, yeah whoa, no that, that's time. fair you've got to you've got to you've got to promote what you've got to promote no yeah. shame in that whatsoever it's, it's, but it's pay what you like yeah you know that's it absolutely well all of those i'll make sure all of those links are in the description and for those watching on youtube there'll be stuff on screen for those on spotify you know what to do. Head go, over to YouTube. Go there. Go and check out. Da- yeah, go, go there. Go and check out all those videos. <laughs> go and learn about Nazi sympathizers. It'll be great. Ab- absolutely. All important stuff in the world today. But um, now, Sam, it's been a pleasure and I wish you all the best, mate, with your future endeavors. Thank you so much for having me on. I, I love being engaged like this. It's so much funner. So much more fun. No, it is, isn't it? And we will do it again. But until 
The next one, for those of you listening, thank you for joining. Peace. And I'll catch you next time on AMTV Radio.